On this week's Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast, we're going to count down the greatest rock and metal performances by bands or actors in non-music-based films. Get ready to rock out with your talk out. It's the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. Moms and dads, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus Podcast. My name is Lou Lombardi, a.k.a. Ludini. I am your ringmaster for this weekly thing we call the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. We get together, we have a bunch of laughs and talk music shit. So let's talk music shit, shall we? Uh, we have a couple of uh, sponsors and things we want to talk about real quick. First of all, shout out to Chris Thunderwolf Dodson at wolfscustoms.online. Uh, Chris was a uh, great guest last week. We really enjoyed having him. And um, But check it out because they do custom uh, paint jobs and artwork on musical instruments. And uh, he does, he, they, they, do, they do awesome work. So you want to check them out. There's... Uh, um, the best place to do, I think he told me, is right now this website is a little wonky. So you just just find him on Chris Thunderwolf Dodson or Wolf's Customs on social media on Facebook. And that way you can see all the pictures and everything because it's temporarily until they get <clears throat> the website up and running back the way they had it. Um, RockRageRadio.com is the place to hear amazing music content 24-7, absolutely free. It's even cheaper than Sirius XM, as in free free did i say it was free it's free you did say free it's free it's free just like that movie with ryan reynolds free guy it's free (laughs) it's actually freer than that but rockridgeradio.com um and we speaking of rockridgeradio.com we have lily v6 what's up lily v6 has her own show on rock rage radio and we're going to talk about that in a minute here um and one last thing i just want to mention ludini rock and roll circus.com and lulombardi music.com uh this is where you can get downloads of um, all kind of cool stuff as well as find our youtube art archive become a member of our private facebook group where you can interact with us live as as we record the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast. So check that out, lulombardimusic.com and ludinirockandrollcircus.com. Either one will help you out. Um, and as I said earlier um, in the intro, we're going to be talking tonight about bands, um, excuse me, about movies that have a great like rock or metal performance we're going to use the word rock very loosely <laughs> um, uh, by either the bands, either by the band itself or an actor gets up and does something. So, um, and there's some fun stuff that does some really fun ones. And uh, of course, if you are in the uh, live audience there, chime in. We will chat. We will take your uh, suggestions at some point as well and give some info as well. So um, in no particular order, um, as I said, we do have Lily V6 from Rock Rage Radio, and we have Pittsburgh Kevin, who we did not think we were going to have because uh, Mr. Kevin, Mr. Yeah. Pittsburgh, was yeah. supposed to be with Lizzie Hale this evening. Yeah, I was all excited, man. I put on some cologne, you know what I'm talking she about? And she canceled on me. <laughs> Trust me, a lot of people are sad about this. <laughs> That's okay. Maybe sometime in the future we'll get together. Yeah. <laughs> what do we have? Six inches? Something like that. I mean, like, Maybe you do. 
housing. Do 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 do. And there it is. <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> so let's do that again. Okay. So what did we have? Six inches? And you say... Maybe that's what you have. No, 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 no. Wow, that didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't work because I didn't know what you were doing. I was trying to play a sound effect and it didn't, oh. it didn't play. Want to try it again? No. No. Oh, <laughs> oh, see, there it is. Better late than never. And um, <laughs> we do have tonight, we do have the return of Bones Magoo. Hey! There he is. <laughs> right. The saddest trumpet player mm-hmm. in all of jazz. <laughs> that's right. We're going to try to cheer him up tonight, though. That's that's that is what we do here. That's right. Is we cheer you up. <laughs> oh, there you go. So, okay. So, with all that going on, let's go ahead and get into the topic. Um, it's fun, isn't it? When you're wa- watching a, a movie and you're getting into it, and then there's like a musical. Thing Numbers, that, and I don't mean I don't right. mean like a, a musical montage because a lot of these, but where either the mm-hmm. actor or uh, you know all of a sudden they go into a club and there's some awesome band that you love Ace. playing some great song uh, or something like that. this. This has there's been um, dozens of, of, of scenarios that that, that that it could be. So I'm sure that you guys are already thinking of some of your favorites mm-hmm. uh, as we're as we're talking about this. So uh, Lily, go ahead. Why don't we go ahead and get started with uh, what you got? Uh, the first one on my list is from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, Twist and Shout, when Ferris hey. gets up on the hijacks a parade float, basically. Sure first he sings Don Shane, but then he gets into this rendition of uh, Twist and Shout by the Beatles, and they actually had on their local radio station saying, hey, we need extras for this scene, and over 10,000 people showed up wow. and made it look like it was an actual parade, which was amazing. And uh, actually, Ferris, uh, or excuse me, Matthew Broderick was very nervous doing this scene because he wanted to get the dance moves down just right, so he practiced for, like, days and days. I think it took them several days to tape it, is what it says. But yeah, pretty cool scene. One of my oh, favorites. Neat. A Philadelphia R&B group called The Top Notes originally recorded it in 61. Mm-hmm. It was a hit for the Isley Brothers. Or, excuse me, it was a hit for the Isley Brothers. <laughs> Darn, they had a Chip Taminat. They, they show up with some Chip chip Chop and some Dine Talk. <laughs> but, uh, but the Beatles, of course, <clears throat> did it. Uh, engineer Norman Split, uh, Smith explained how the Beatles version came out. Someone suggested they do Twist and Shout. Uh, with John making the taking the lead vocal, but by this time all their throats were sore. It was 12 hours since we had started uh, working. John's in particular was almost completely gone, so we really had to get it right the first time. The Beatles on the studio floor and us in the control room. John sucked a couple of more zoobs. It's a brand of throat lozenge oh, from that right. time and had a had a bit of a gargle with milk and away we went Ew. the session took place on february 11th 1963 at emi studios which was later renamed abbey road studios the beatles did 10 songs that day nine of which ended up on please please me their first uk album hot huh <laughs> a beatles they've already made it in and we've just we've bloody just- started <laughs> <laughs> Get it out of the way. That's They're what we were doing. Just getting some beetles in you. Get a little beetle in you. <laughs> but you'd like a little beetle in you, wouldn't you? Mm, no. no, the one I like's dead. So. <laughs> oh. Wow. You only liked one. Mm-hmm. Harry Georgeson. Yeah, that one. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> huh. uh, okay, so what do you got there, girl? You want me to keep going? No, I'll go. Okay. 
Um, I thought he was going to bite me. I know. I'm like, whoa, whoa, you all right? I do not know why this song ended up um, in uh, the movie Beetlejuice. <laughs> But, but it's, it's a song a by scene. Harry Belafonte, and it's a really fun song. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Yes. Day O. It's a traditional Jamaican song that was sung by uh, dock workers who worked throughout the night loading bananas onto ships. There you are, Gary, my banana. Yeah, yeah. It's daylight, and they look forward to the arrival of the tallyman. Who will take inventory so huh. they can so they can go on home? That is so simple. I love it. <laughs> Belafonte's ver- version used lyrics adapted by uh, Irving Burgi and William Attaway. Burgi, sometimes credited as Lord Lord Burgess, is a popular Caribbean uh, or Caribbean uh, composer. Attaway was a novelist and songwriter who was friends with Belafonte. Burgi and Attaway wrote most of the songs on the Calypso album. For uh, Mr. Belafonte, hmm. um, it was featured in the raucous dinner scene dur- during the 1988 movie Beetlejuice, and it's so fun. <laughs> Actually, there's another Heller Harry Belafonte song, I believe, in that in that movie. At the very end, oh, yeah. damn yeah, if yeah. I can remember the name yeah. of it right now. Yeah. Yeah, where she sort of floats She's up floating, in the air. Dun, 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 and the football players dun, appear behind yeah. her. Yeah. <laughs> dun, 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 you know, they dun, have dun, been dun, talking dun, about a sequel you. to that. For years. For years. For years. Yeah. And everybody's kind of old now, and I just, I can't see. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the time to do a sequel to something. Um, Te- give it 10 years at the very latest, I would say. Yeah, I mean, like, it's really, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know, like. Well, unfortunately, I mean, Otho's not around anymore, so we can't have what? him in the movie. Yeah, he's been gone for a I minute. Know, you know, so just... I, I think that maybe they could do. Um, I think what might be fun, but they couldn't use Michael Keaton for this. <laughs> no, um, he's very but, and he kind of carries it, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, it's really his personality. But mm-hmm. maybe you go back and you do like how Beetlejuice became Beetlejuice, and that why, could be something. You, why oh, you, you say go. his name three times. Yeah. And I don't know if we need that. You know, maybe we need, maybe we don't really need that. Maybe it's stupid. Uh, because let's just come up with a new idea. So <laughs> you, I want you out there in the uh, in um, movie land to come up with your own new thing. That would be and great. Just forget about mm-hmm. everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah, let's forget about redoing <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pittsburgh, Kevin. Should I? Sure. You should do it. All right. So uh, on my list. That doesn't count. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm my, my Whatever you're going to say is wrong. Oh, just wait. Oh, boy. Um, so the movie, <laughs> Schindler's List. Oh, boy. As the uh, as the trains are pulling into the camp, <laughs> the uh, the camp band is playing Highway to Hell. Now, that's kind of... Oh, wait. That's the wrong list. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let, well, okay. So my... Uh, was that too soon? No. Is that too soon? <laughs> but you're ridiculous. Soon, okay. <laughs> See, they liked it. They liked it. All right. So, I'm going to go with the movie is Lost Boys. Mm, Yes. Yes. Is it tea time? Is it tea time? Uh, The song is I Still Believe by that hunkalicious sax player, Tim Capello. Capello, yeah. (gasps) He's coming to Akron. He's all, Akron. Is he? Is he all still? I think he is still he kind is of buff, buff right? Yeah, yeah. just all older. Oiled up. It's all oiled up. He's got his 
hand around that sax. <laughs> my favorite, one of my favorite memes is no one. Just like that. My favorite meme is no one, no one ever. And then this movie decided it needed this and has a picture of him <laughs> with the saxophone. <laughs> like it did need that actually. Yes. Yes. <laughs> why not? I why remember not? saying that going like, why not? Why not? It's a great scene. It fits. Yeah, it's a boardwalk sort of thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so there's all kind of like uh, craziness happening on the boardwalk. So and it not? segues into meeting the girl. Yeah. That Squeegees way. right into it. It does squeegee. It does squeegee. It does squeegee. It squeegee's so good. <laughs> that was a good one. It does. No, it was a good one. Oh, my Lord. Um, oh, my so, Lord. Oh. What do we got oh. next, Lily V6? Uh, the next one is from the movie Hocus Pocus from 1993. I put a spell <laughs> on you. Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah. They already had a singer in the cast. The other two girls were on Broadway. Let's go ahead and do a song while we're at it. Let's utilize all her talents. Um... Appropriate for the Halloween movie, uh, written by Jay Hawkins. It was one of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's 500 songs that shaped rock and roll. Very cool song. Uh, The Sisters Enter the Ball. Screaming Jay Hawkins, excuse me. Pardon me. Uh, The Sisters Enter the Ball, and they sing this song to sort of hypnotize all the adults so they can go and continue to terrorize the children. They're women after my own heart. I totally understand it. (laughs) Um, It was sort of rewritten a little bit to accommodate uh, Midler. Almost not in the film because the author of the book did not want to have a live musical performance in the film. But after he saw it, he's like, okay, it works. My kids love it and everything. So it stays in. Like, come on, man. Like, it's it's <laughs> it's, it's down, hocus man. pocus. It's not the freaking Godfather. Right. It's not Schindler's List. <laughs> Precisely. With heaven or. Oh, Godfather's I'm, my next one. Highway to hell. Go ahead. <laughs> um, Hawkins wrote this ballad lamenting the loss of a girlfriend he wanted back. The original version was a lot slower and much more tame. Hawkins was recording for Grand Records at the time and had a hard time convincing them to release this. A year later, Hawkins recorded the version that became famous for another label and transformed the song into a spooky tale about putting a curse on the girl so he can have her. Yeah. (laughs) Hawkins performed the ghoulish version for the first time at a Christmas concert staged by... uh, Alan Freed in Cleveland in 1956. He got a huge reaction from the song, and Freed invited him to perform it on his TV special. Hawkins developed a bizarre stage show around this. <laughs> he would come out in a flaming coffin and wield a Whoa. skull on a stick that he named Henry. Oh my god, this guy's like my spirit That's animal. Great. <laughs> The producers wanted a so-called weird-sounding record, so they gave the musicians lots of food and liquor and created a party atmosphere at the session. Of course. I like it. The session, with various grunts and groans, was banned by most radio stations. Excuse me, the version of the session was banned by most radio stations. An edited version became a hit with teenagers who liked the forbidden sound. All around Halloween, this becomes very popular every year, right? I think we may have even talked about this um, on one of our Halloween shows. Might have been the last one, actually. (laughs) So, um, it was also covered by Arthur Brown from The Crazy World of Arthur Brown, who also liked the use of fire as part of his stage act. Arthur Brown's only hit was fire. There's a lot of fire in this. Mm -hmm. There it is. Uh, Nina Simone had a popular uh, remake of it. Uh, her version reached number 23 on the R&B charts uh, in 1965. Marilyn Manson recorded this for his 
1995 album Smells Like Children. I thought I knew that record. I did not. I don't remember him doing that. His growling, often snarled lyrics were a rather odd contrast to the music, although it was significantly darker and more metal, air quotes, than it had been originally. Joe Cocker covered it, of course. Yes. On The Simpsons, the song was used at the end of an episode in which Krusty the Clown invents a new sandwich for his fast food chain, which has both addictive and psychedelic oh, no. I don't remember that, but that's cool. Krusty the Clown. <laughs> it, it's a um, it's a standard, guys. You know, it's one of those songs, though, that you have to. Um, um, you really got to nail that vocally. Yeah, you got to oh, yeah. put everything into it to really make it work. You can't you can't half ass that. That's why singers like Nina Simone and Joe Cocker, are, you know, are, are Bette Midler, Bette Midler <laughs> people like that are doing it. Um, so, good ones, guys. Good, goodens, 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 plenty, goodens, plenty, and plenty goodens. So let's talk about this one here. And if Lily, if you have anything on this, you may chime in. Um, let's talk about old time. Rock and I didn't put it on my list, but I know what it's from. (laughs) Okay. Um, This is... I think you were over here, Kevin, uh, and we were BSing, and I was saying for years, (laughs) to me, old-time rock and roll was not a Bob Seger song. It was a Tom Cruise song. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, that is... You know, and he's just right. He's just lip-syncing. I get it and everything. But there was just something insanely... Iconic. Mm-hmm. He has freedom um, as a child, basically, in his house. Yeah. I mean, was he 17? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, was you, okay, let's talk real quickly. Uh, 1983 movie, Risky Business, and a famous scene where Tom Cruise dances to the song in his underwear. The scene quickly entered the zeitgeist, leading to parodies, tributes, even Halloween costumes. Seeger is okay with having the song closely associated with underwear-clad Cruise. He says... He gets a kick out of it. Oh, but um, let's talk a little bit about this song. This is one of the few songs Sigur recorded that he actually didn't write. Oh, I didn't know. Bum, bum, bum. Bones, I need your help on this one. <laughs> Til let, let, hold a second, hold a second, hold a second, hold a second. Bones, Bones, what are you doing over there? Oh, Bones, Bones was in the bathroom. Well, sorry, I'm it. sorry, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> He's an old man. I'm sorry Got about that. Got a weak bladder. I know, I know. You, 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 you all good, Bones? You sure? Okay. Okay. Are you ready? (laughs) This is one of the songs that Bob Seger actually didn't write. (laughs) There you go. Thank you, Bob. (laughs) Thank you, Bob. Hope everything's Um, good. It was written by the songwriters George Jackson and Thomas Jones. They worked for Muscle Shoals Sound Studios where the song was recorded. Although Seeger worked on the lyrics, he didn't take any songwriting credit. This means that Seeger doesn't own the publishing rights to the song, and Jackson and Jones control it when it's used in movies and commercials. According to Seeger, he was feeling generous that day and says not seeking composer credit was the dumbest thing I ever did. (laughs) (laughs) Seeger claims that he changed all the original lyrics except for old-time rock and roll part. He made sure to uh, take a dig at disco, which was fading in popularity at the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he recorded this with the very famous Muscle Shoals rhythm section. I've, did you Have you seen that documentary? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm looking to get it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is a famous group of studio musicians who owned their own recording studio in Alabama. 
Other singers they had worked with include Aretha Franklin, Paul Simon, and Rod Stewart. Uh, later with Bob Dylan, uh, they gave many songs a feeling of authenticity, which was important to Singer because his previous album, Night Moves, was very successful and he didn't want to be perceived as selling out to pop radio. Jerry Masters, who was a recording engineer at Muscle Shoals Sound Studio, told Sound, Sound Facts, excuse me, Song Facts, the story. We cut a demo on the writer of the song, George Jackson, there at the studio when we didn't have anything else to do. So they just let George sing it and they said, let's do a little demo. It was a great demo along with some others we cut that day. Seeger liked the song so much he tried to cut it himself, but after numerous tries with the Swampers and his band, he finally gave up. He and Punch Andrews, Seeger's manager, decided to buy the demo track from us and put his vocal on it. Oh. And at the end, and they at, ended up being the record. Ain't that something? So it's just a demo. That's huh. And that's him singing on it. It's a classic. Wow. Uh, we also did Katmandu and several more that were on uh, the Night Moves and Stranger in Town LPs. So the classic old time was in reality a demo we cut on the writer a couple of years earlier. Interesting. Wow. Very cool. Yep, yep, yep. That's something. Yeah, um, the they, the the demo just wasn't with George Jackson singing it, you know. But it took Sager to really kind of like make it something interesting. Interesting guys. Uh, any? Uh, does anybody looking at Facebook? Um, nobody's saying anything about this just yet. We do have uh, Charlie Doyle on. Um, Tracy Sampson's watching. Chris Thunderwolf and Raven are on. Um, they're just sort of saying all hi to each other. Hi. <laughs> hi. hi. Hello. That's okay. Talk amongst yourself. It's all about. It's about the party, guys. It's about the yeah. party. It's what it's all about. Um, I don't know. I don't know what order we're in. Does Pittsburgh Kevin, would he like to be... chime in? That's Mr. Pitt. Mr. Pittsburgh. That was good. <laughs> all right. So we're going to go back a couple decades here to Ooh. a classic. Uh, one of George Lucas's. First films, it's not his first one, it's actually his second one, American Graffiti. Ooh. Yeah. There's a lot of music in that. There is, but there's there's but. only, there's a listen to this, but <laughs> I was waiting, where's the, where's the earth shattering kaboom? <laughs> anyway, um, <laughs> there you have it. That's yeah. That's my earth shattering kaboom. Um, but anyway, no. Yes, there's a lot of music in that, but there's only one live performance, mm. and that is at the dance. Mm-hmm. The songs are at the hop, she's so fine, and Louie Louie. That's right. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Uh, performed by Flash Cadillac and the Continental Kids. What a fun name! Oh, that's a great name. Yes, Flash yes. Cadillac and the <laughs> Continental Kids. Kids. Oh my goodness! Let's find out. I have that soundtrack yes. on vinyl. It's a double one. Um, I, I, I might have it on CD because I've, I've had it on vinyl. I've had it on cassette. I wore it out on cassette because I'm a big '50s guy. <laughs> I can sit there and listen to it all. Oh yeah, right through. It's all it's great. great. All great music. Um, uh, Louie Louie was written by an R&B singer named Richard Berry. 
1955. <laughs> With his group, the Pharaohs, he Not- was also the first to record the song. It got some airplay in some cities in the western U.S. when it was released in 57. Various garage bands heard it and started covering the song until it became a phenomenon with the Kingsmen in 63. While much of the song's notoriety comes from the indecipherable lyrics, in Barry's original version, the words are quite clear. The song is about a sailor who spends three days traveling to Jamaica to see his girl. Yeah, I didn't know that, but okay. Oh, huh, yeah, I just, I just know, yeah. Well, ain't that something? Yeah, it's... Um, are you sure it's not Marvin Barry? <laughs> I, knew you were, I knew you were thinking that because I was thinking that too. Marvin Barry that wrote that, not Richard? <laughs> It was written by Dick Barry. <laughs> you just wanted to say Dick. It was written by John Smallberries. <laughs> Yikes. What's that from? Is that from I We don't... Need to Do that We Need to Do a Movie Night with Buckaroo Banzai oh, and the Adventures man. Across the Fourth Dimension? Have not seen that in decades. I'm saying the name wrong. It's something dimension. I can't wow. remember which number of dimensions yes. it was. Dementia. But yeah, buck, the buck, buckaroo, buckaroo bonsai. Yeah, yeah, that's super fun. That you Peter, ever seen it? Peter wow. Weller, right? Peter Weller, yeah, yeah it's great. Yeah. Luke Goss, I think Luke Gossett Jr. is in that too. Dimension oh, sounds like nerdery. Shut up. <laughs> it's really, Shut. it's very quotable. He what's, says, what's the back of your shirt say? <laughs> he is, he's a, he's a. Shut r- your whore mouth. You know exactly. <laughs> that, that could have been, that could have been on the list. Because he's a band. That's true. I mean, that isn't the focus of it, but he's like this yeah. guy. He's like this adventurer, and he goes through outer space, stuff, but he's a rocker. So he's like yeah. real cool, and he's suave with the ladies. So I might be he okay plays with guitar, it. Me. And okay. he has, like, he's like, there's one of the greatest scenes is where he's like on stage, and he's playing, and he stops, and he says, I just need to tell everybody, no matter where you go, there, there you, you are. are. All right, fine. Yes. <laughs> he's super like, Sold. he's, it's like Peter Weller, like you've like never really seen him. Right, it's very right, cool. Right. Okay. It's very, very cool. Sold. Uh, I watched a movie last night with Raquel Welsh. Oh, yeah. And um, Robert Culp, of all people. Oh, yeah. And I, speaking of somebody like you never, like you remember Robert Culp from The Greatest American Hero, he was kind of mm-hmm. like a stuffy yep. kind of yep. guy. Yeah. He was in, well, in, in this movie, um, I'll look up. I can't remember the title off the top of my head. <clears throat> this movie influence was a very big influence on Quentin Tarantino. But anyways, um, mm. in this movie, he's like way younger. He's kind of he's real hip. He's a gun, gunslinger. He's like handsome, and he's hanging with Raquel Welsh. So which you know, of course, as you that. do. The first half of the movie, Raquel Welsh walks around with nothing on. Here's all she's wearing. Tell me. Here's all she's wearing. Yes. She's wearing a poncho. Sure. A gun belt. Of course. And boots. How very Bond girl. Very hot. Wow. No, nothing underneath. Like no, no. pants. Nothing. Oh, no. ah. Nothing. Not nunny. Oh, I'm getting. All right. Woo. Get a little. Lily, you take us. Take All us right. to some music, on, Lily. Lily. I, I can't like do this anymore. All right. <laughs> Have you guys seen Hot Tub Time Machine? Yes. <laughs> okay. So we're gonna go with uh, the scene at the very beginning, Home Sweet Home, where um, Rob Corddry is in his car, drunk mm-hmm. and trying to kill himself, basically singing to Home Sweet Home as he's doing the drum solo on the dashboard. Yes. Um, he's so much of a loser, he can't even kill himself. He's just, mm. he, he just fails at that. Um, he, and he's very drunk when he's singing. And it's, he, he handles his inner torment in the true metalhead style, and he gets mega wasted and pretends he is in Motley Crue. And at the, at, spoiler alert, so if anybody listening hasn't seen it, at the very end of the movie, after the Hot Tub Time Machine sort of gets a little skewed, and everything. He Time ends up being in the band. Him. Yes. Yeah. He ends up in the band Motley Lou. <laughs> nice. Because <laughs> his name is Lou. <laughs> oh, 
Which continues to the second movie, which is horrible. I don't recommend yeah, that one. No, no. <laughs> but that's from yeah, 2010. That, that was like The Hangover. Yeah. <clears throat> they say don't ever watch the sequels. Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're bad. Oh, my God. Um, Redbone Ooh. was um, a Native American pop band, pop rock band. We talked oh, about yeah, that yeah. once. Yeah. And um, they were they were from uh, Colinga, California, uh, led by the brothers Pat and Candido. See Vasquez. Oh yes. Uh, Vasquez from like from Aliens. Yay! Vasquez. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they were managed by a Bumps Blankwell, but there's a lot of names in this, so you're gonna have to bear with me. Um, who guided? <laughs> Little Richard and Sam Cook to success. To avert discrimination, he convinced the brothers to use a different last name, so they became known as Pat and Lolly Vegas. Redbone earned an audience playing clubs on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles at the same time as the Doors were on the scene. The self-titled double album was their debut. So their first record's a double album. First of all, that says these guys have giant freaking kahunes to like do that and b it says this is the 70s yeah, 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 yeah. we're not gonna give you one record we're gonna give you two at once <laughs> you know more red bone please 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 the self-titled double album was their seven, 1970 debut in, in introducing their funky rock rhythms and distinctive percussion which they called the king kong beat in 72, they scored with The Witch Queen of New Orleans, which reached number 21 in the U.S., number 2 in the U.K. In 73, they released their most famous song, Come and Get Your Love. Their fifth album, Wovoka. The song was written by Lolly Vegas, who was uh, who sang lead on the track. Um, but why am I talking about this song? Why? It's at the beginning yes. of Guardians of the Galaxy. Yes. When Star-Lord comes out. Is it Star-Lord? Am I saying it right? I guess. When he comes up, when he come, when he comes out and he's looking for the thing, the magical thing that he's looking for. Right. He's walking around. He's got his Walkman, Walkman cassette, mm-hmm. Walkman cassette on that his mom gave him when he was a kid, and he's <laughs> dancing around. He's singing "Come and Get Your Love," and it's so like out of nowhere because you're like, you know, it's a superhero movie. That's the great thing about some of those yeah. Marvel movies, like they do not take themselves too seriously. <laughs> Tons of you know, the Iron Man movies all have great like ACDC and. You know, Ozzy Osbourne, mm-hmm. you know, but soundtrack. obscure yeah. like this. Yeah, but that was yeah. that was very cool to, for, for them to do this. I mean, it goes in the fitting. It fits with, mm-hmm. like, the what's coming up. You know, that this is going to be a real... You're going to have a good time. Yes. It just lays that out. It's really, really neat. Um, and that that is one of probably my favorite uh, album, sound, um, uh, movie soundtracks of all time. Is the guardian? And the oh, second one is great too. I guess oh, I'll yeah. have to check that out because yeah. I yeah. didn't realize they had good music. In the yeah, movies. it's all this great seventies. Oh yeah, a lot of it's cheesemo pop, you know, yacht rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not into superhero movies, so it's probably why I don't know about it. But yeah, I'll definitely check out the soundtracks. Yeah, 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 yeah. The the backstory is that is uh, it was just like a gift. His mother passed, died of cancer, and his she had given this one gift. She had made these mixtapes for yeah. him, and. So he had this Walkman with these mixtapes of music that she loved. So he like became a giant uh, fan of it. Fun. Um, so it's really really cool. It's a great sort of sub uh, story uh, in the uh, yeah. in, in the film. Um, okay, so we've got Lily V six in the house. We do. We do have Lily V six, <laughs> and we're thirty one minutes into it. So what we're going to do is we're going to, like we've been doing, we're going to take a little break. I I told you guys that I would start performing on the podcast, and I'm going to. 
I've got had some distractions. So what you're going to have to put up with is a pre-recorded thing. We're going to take a little break. You guys uh, enjoy yourselves. Go get something to drink. Come back or just sit and listen to the music. I tell you what, while you're getting something to drink, yeah. why don't you just crank this song up? Yeah. Okay. This is Peace in the Valley Ooh. and by Lou Lombardi and Keith the Hawk Hawkins and Katie Simone. Yep. And uh, we're going to be right back.
Okay, guys, thank you. We are back. I also need to mention Mike Ofka, who uh, I sent that to, is like... Um, Yes. Um, yes. Joe Freeman, you're distracting me. I'm trying to do a show. Come on, Joe. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I sent it to Mike, who uh, like really turned it into something. That's why it sounds like freaking gigantic, Huge. ginormous. <clears throat> he did a really good job uh, with that. So um, I like working with different people like that, and I'm looking for people to work with on on my new bands stuff. Uh, TKMD. Um, we're uh, uh, so I'm really excited to play some of that stuff for you guys as as, as we. Uh, start to finalize it a little bit so anyways guys um great music performances like they just spontaneously happen in the middle of a awesome? movie awesome you're like watching <laughs> a movie pop up. and you go oh this is so like, cool oh. these guys are rocking out i'm like oh like it's like a mini rock concert in the yes. middle of the movie <laughs> um so lily v6 what do you got um i have one that i didn't put on the list but my mother actually gave me earlier today which was interesting oh, uh the movie can't hardly wait um, there is a scene. It's a house party movie. Have you guys seen it? Ain't nothing but a house party. Way back party. in like the 90s. It happened called Can't Hardly Wait. Anyway, mm. Jennifer Love Hewitt's in it. And the nerdy kid who was always beat up in school and everything decides he's going to get on stage and sing Paradise City. <laughs> and he does this killer performance of it. It's amazing. Guns N' Roses, obviously. And at the end of this performance, while you see everybody getting sick and dying basically at the house party because they're, uh-huh. you know, teenagers drinking. At the end of it, all the girls want to be with him at the end of this one performance, and it's so epic, and I love it. I'm like, that would never happen, but it's so great, and he does yes, such a great performance would. of it. Like, he's on the stage jumping, and the microphone gets thrown at him. It's so, just something. That's cool. cool. I think it's, it's from, amazing. like, 1998-ish. I don't know that movie, but kinda, I, I kind of yeah. want to see it now. Now yeah. I do, yeah. It's Maybe. good. I, I think I do. I think I, think I do want some. You sure? I think I do. You sure about that? I think I do want some I of that. I think you might have to. I think I do Are want some sure? of that cocaine. You sure? That's some cocaine. I want some of that cocaine. Did you see the movie Hook? Yeah. Uh, the, with the, with the well, Robin Williams. It's the little boy who's the nerd in this movie. Oh. <laughs> oh I ain't got some shit. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. So there's that. <laughs> okay. Every, much like Welcome to the Jungle, this was inspired by Los Angeles, where the band, mm-hmm. we're talking about Guns and Roses, oh. <clears throat> uh, was living. The verses deal with a rough life on the streets, but the chorus was based on Axl Rose's memories of the Midwest with images of green grass, innocence, and possibility. Slash wanted the chorus to be, take me down to the Paradise City where the girls are fat and they got big titties. Ah! He hated grass uh, is green line, but the band overruled him and make the song more radio friendly. I personally agree with Slash. Yeah, that would be yeah, so. Because I usually sing that when I'm listening. To you do too. I'm sure you do. Of course, uh, I do. this is the only track on Appetite uh, for Destruction with a prominent synthesizer. This was the first song the original Guns N' Roses lineup of Slash, Stephen Adler, Duff McGigan, Axl Rose, and Italy Stradlin wrote together. All five members are credited as writers. According uh, to McKagan, they started working on it during one of their very first rehearsals. And it started with some lyrics brought from a notebook. Uh, WIBC. WIBC. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> Radio station in Indianapolis, uh, Indiana. Jake Query, who is a friend of Axl Rose, explained that the part of the song where they sing Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty is about when Axl Rose and his family would go down to Bloomington, Indiana. 
the city uh, in which the Xbox 360 game Burnout Paradise takes place uh, mm. was named. Excuse me, I screwed that. No sense. That's okay. I, I knew mean, what you meant. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> the city in which the Xbox this Xbox game what? called Burnout Paradise takes place was named after the song, and Paradise City is considered the game's theme song. Oh. So, uh, this is like, and, and it's got tons of cowbell. <laughs> That's what you need. Matt Muckle told me this, and I think he's right. Matt is a, uh, if you guys don't know, Matt is an amazing musician from Pittsburgh. He's a drummer. He's absolutely killer. <clears throat> and um, But I believe he, he, he told me this album is has a record for the most cowbell. Really? I think there's, that's I think the there's literally cowbell on every song. Yeah. Nice. Maybe not a... Is there cowbell on Sweet Child of Mine? We'll have to go back and listen. But it's like almost every song has cowbell. I feel like I've Googled that once and that's the truth. <laughs> wow. And that's the truth! That's it's the, the truth, Because Go- Google tells me everything. Google tells me something. Speaking of telling me something. Speaking of telling me something, Mr. Pittsburgh. Tell me something, Mr. Pittsburgh. Tell me something now. I got to know. Okay, you ready? You got to let me know, Mr. Pittsburgh. I don't know what's happening. Okay, what? What? I don't even know my name. Um, I, 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 uh, I need no trumpet. I need no trumpet. Oh, oh thank you. Oh. Rock back to reality. All right, Bones, we go. Feel better. Mr. Pittsburgh, what do you got? Feel better. Uh, so I'm going to go with my next selection is another 48 hours. You know, Eddie, <laughs> Eddie Murphy, Nick Nolte. The song is The Boys. Are back in town. Not the, not the, not the. Um, yes, not the Thin Lizzy. The Thin Lizzy. Right. I'm the, gonna say uh, the Stevie Lindsay. The band, <laughs> the Bus Boys. Now you're probably saying Kevin, Pittsburgh Kevin. Why are you talking about about like a, a, a rhythm and blues band in this rock and roll podcast? I'll tell you why, Lou. Because you know, you know, Lou, Lou, Lou. Look at me, Lou. Look at me, Lou. I'm, I'm looking at you. Oh, thanks. Uh, you know who the guitar player is? For the bus boys? Um, hold on. Eddie Van Halen. Officer Van Halen. It's Officer Van Halen, not Eddie. No, it's Vic Johnson. Ah. Vic Johnson. For those of our studio audience that don't know who Vic Johnson is, Vic now plays with Sammy Hagar and the Waberitos. And it's very interesting to see this rhythm and blues player all of a sudden become this hard rock player with Sammy Hagar. So every time I watch that movie and the boys, the bus boys bounce up there on stage and I'm like, I know what's going to happen to you, Vic. You're going to turn out to be A-OK. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Bus Boys keyboard player Brian O'Neill wrote this one out. Oh, he's Irish. I was going to say, is he the only white guy in the band? Actually, I think he is. I'm looking at a picture here, and there's only I one. Know him, I think there's I only know one him white just guy. Just on the end there. Right. Like, I know him from the IRA <laughs> Making meetings. a crazy face. Sure, sure. Um, he's like, help me. <laughs> uh, the, uh, uh, which the group performed in the 1982 movie, as uh, Mr. Pittsburgh told us, uh, 48 Hours. That's right. Uh, the Bus Boys were signed to Arista Records. This is way back as, when there were all these like, different record labels. Yeah. And the DJ would actually tell you, hey, this is new, out new on the Capricorn uh, label. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Well. Produced by, you know, <clears throat> you guys don't care about that shit now. No. But uh, you missed a really fun time. I feel sorry for you. Uh, the Bus Boys were uh, signed to Arista uh, Arista Records. Arista. Uh, we'd finished a series of tour dates in support of our first album, Millenn- Min- Minimum. I can't talk. <laughs> minimum Wage 
Rock and Roll. That's a cool title. Okay. And spent about eight months recording our sophomore effort, American Worker. So they got like this, what, a working class mm-hmm, kind of thing mm-hmm, going on, right? Mm-hmm. Our manager at the time was Michael uh, Kleffner, uh, who was best friends with John Belushi and uh, well-connected um, with our agency. Uh, one of the songs on American Work album was called New Shoes. It was a unique blend of rock and soul with a cool shuffle beat. Well, uh, there was this movie being made called 48 Hours uh, at Paramount Studios. The film was originally slated to star Richard Pryor, but the newest, hottest young comedian of Saturday Night Live fame ended up in the role. The director was Walter Hill. The producers, Lawrence Gordon and Joel Silver, both Walter and Eddie Murphy, were represented by the uh, same agency that was representing the bus boys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you see how these things happen. Yeah, I oh, I, yeah, I know. I know. It's I like know the, it's the equivalent of like, I know, I got a guy. Yeah. I know a guy. Yeah. I know a guy. <laughs> Don't worry about that. I know a guy. Uh, I know a band. Don't worry about it. Uh, so he gets a call. I get a call from the agent, asked if I wanted to be in this movie. I said I was interested, and he set up a meeting with Joel Silver. Joel explained the film had a bar scene that Eddie was supposed to go into, and it was going to be a band playing. Joel and Walter wanted a black band that had a rock and roll edge. Uh, we were and still are one of the primary, one of our primary, primary roots rock and roll soul bands that fit that bill. Uh, they had already heard new shoes and wanted uh, four more songs. My brother Kevin O'Neill and I wrote some songs over the next couple of weeks, all at the recording session for the demos to present to Joel. We had finished up three songs: "48 Hours," "Love Songs Are for Crazies," and "Monkey Mash." Mm. Um, wow, "Monkey Mash" sounds like a I love song. "Monkey Mash." It was 2 a.m. and the band was tired and ready to go home. When I say, "Guys, I've got one more song." So everybody's kind of groaning. He says, it's going to be an easy blues type shuffle with a little gospel piano lick. And it's going to be called The Boys Are Back in Town. So <clears throat> you can read, you can go to Sound Facts, Song Facts rather, and read the whole story of it. It's really interesting. Um, there's a lot of twists and turns that happen to these guys with this. Um, but it basically was this ICM company, you know, all at Belushi, Joel uh-huh. Silk, like you know what I mean. I know a guy, you know. I know a guy, and that's that. That's that's how the Bus Boys ended up uh, in this movie. Um, it's a great, yeah, yeah it's, it's a fun, fun song. song. It's a really fun song, fun song. And then I believe we have Lily V Six in the house. Yes, we do. In the house. Oh my goodness. He's done in us. Hey, who's done in us tonight? Hey. Well, he's done in us. Someone got a knife. <laughs> <laughs> Movie Pretty in Pink. Ooh. Oh, um, hold on. Let me see if I can guess this. If I can remember the song. Okay. You touch me once. No, touch that's me not the song twice. I'm going to be referring that to. That song is there's in the movie. Lot, yeah. Yeah. Yes. There's a lot but of it's not performed in, in that Correct. movie. Okay. I'm going with Trial. Can I, can I just say? Oh, Lord. Sorry, Lily. I, this is, I know who, I know the band. Because I, I love this name. Oh, I heard this band. Yeah. But what does it stand for? Orchestral Maneuvers in, in the, the dark. dark. It's an awesome band name. All right. It's awesome. Lily's up. Okay, so now I so now Lily, <clears throat> please tell us there was a band performing or there was music performed in the movie. So go ahead. <laughs> Pretty in Pink, the song is Try a Little Tenderness by Otis Redding. Ah, uh, she skunked you. Not Otis You Day thought in the you knew what yeah. it was, but guess what? You didn't. One of my No, you didn't. Oh yeah, you did. One of my favorite Brat Pack movies because Andrew McCarthy is in it, so that's enough for me it's to love dreamy. it. Uh, it's the scene where Annie Potts and Molly Ringwald are waiting in the uh, record store where Annie works, um, and Ducky comes through dancing to and singing mm-hmm. "Try a Little Tenderness" because this is the only way he is able to communicate 
to uh, Molly Ringold's character his emotions that he has bottled up. Mm. He can't physically tell her, so he's singing her this, and then Andrew McCarthy shows up and ruins it all, which would happen in real life for me, too. So, (laughs) I think it's kind of a perfect rock and roll teen moment thing for me. There it is. Yeah, I hated that fucking movie. You did not hate that movie. I hated that movie. (laughs) It's a great soundtrack. I love Molly Ringwald. I love Annie Potts. But the John Cryer character was definitely, like, he really cared for her. Yeah, but he got, never, he got his girl in the end. She was bought, hotter than Molly. I never bought uh, McCarthy's like sincerity He's, at all. Well, I didn't that, and I don't like him as a preppy. Bothers the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My favorite, my favorite Molly Ringwald movie. Talk to me, Goose. And I just realized because Iron Man is in it, is um, the pickup artist. Isn't that oh, Iron Man? wow, yes. Yeah. And he plays a total mm-hmm. freaking jerk. Like She always like, plays the movie. He just knows how to get a lot of tail. I mean, that's all. I mean, it's not that he's a jerk. He just, you know, and she's looking, you know, for somebody to be more serious with her and stuff like that. But there's a scene at the beginning of the movie where they they don't show it. It's so, it's John Hughes. Yep. It's freaking, they just show that car. What did he, was it a, what was it? Was it a Charger or something know. like that? Ooh. Maybe it wasn't a Corvette because it was a back seat. <clears throat> and it's just parked, and you hear like the sounds of lovemaking. Yes, and you hear Robert Downey Jr. like just spouting off these like this shit, and she's. <laughs> and then you hear Molly Ringwald say, "Could you please be quiet?" <laughs> and he says, "Why?" And she says, "I'll come." <laughs> <laughs> It's almost like her saying, you know, I don't really need you for this. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> You're just kind of now becoming an annoyance. 68 Chevy Camaro RS. See? Mm-hmm. Thank so you, Lily. There's your car, car uh, horn. Uh, <laughs> there's your sign. Get her done. Oh what God. other, like, southern comedy thing we can <laughs> rip off? Okay. So, um, do you have something? I don't feel like we haven't talked to you in a while. No, you just said the bus boys. I said the bus boys, yeah. <laughs> I said the buff boy. Buff boy. Buff boy. <laughs> what, the, what is wrong with me? What's wrong I with you? I have serious problems. Obviously. And Christy. nobody around here seems to know when to step in and help me out. I've tried. Yeah. <laughs> I've given up. <laughs> um, we're kind of running low on time, so I'm kind of not sure. What, no, we can go. It's a podcast. We go as long as we want. Yeah, most. So I am going to I'm going to dedicate this one to Lily V6. Oh, I'm dedicating sassy. it. So I'm going to open link in new tab. Okay. I'm going to have a tab. Remember tab? Yeah. I can't give you a tab in the pink can. Something. <laughs> uh, it's not often. Yeah. Not that often when metal creeps its way into mainstream pop culture. Oh boy! Here so we go. when metal slash hard rock acts do actually pop up in the, like a beloved sitcom or dramatic films, cartoons, even maybe even a reality series, it's kind of awesome. So in the weekly column, remember when Metal Insider recalls the most random instances of metal's elite appearing in front of the camera? Remember that. Pee-wee is possibly the 1980s most beloved man-child, right? Yes. Yes. Making both kids uh, and adults giddy with joy on the screen, on the big going. screen and TV. Yes. Why else would so many be excited to see Paul Rubin's character back in action with a new movie, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, now streaming on Netflix? However, it was Pee-wee's first foray into the film 
into film realm with Peavy's Big Adventure in 1985 mm-hmm. that produced an unlikely cameo from 80s metal band Twisted, Twisted Sister. Sister in Tim Burton's full-length dictatorial dictatorial debut. It's funny that you made that joke. Debut. Twisted Sister are in the middle of filming a music video in a Hollywood studio lot when Pee Wee comes riding through, (laughs) finally reunited (laughs) with his bicycle, while being chased by uh, security. Granted, Twisted Sister's cartoonish appearance would make them feel right at home with the likes of Pee Wee, and they were receiving massive commercial success with We're Not Gonna Take It and I Want to Rock at the Time. However, the fact that Twisted Sister's cinematic debut included them playing Burn in Hell, right. arguably one of the heaviest tracks off of Stay Hungry, is straight up awesome. And, you know, they're not even in the crazy makeup. They're like they look like a biker, yeah, like bikers. Oh yeah, yeah. in that yeah. in that in that particular. I sequence. have that movie, <laughs> and I do too. I remember, I remember going to see that in a the movie theater. I, I saw that in a the theater. I'm and sure I was too young. Happened, <laughs> when oh, his twisted sister came on, I just wanted to jump You're on like, my seat. Go, yes. <laughs> I, first of all, I was really enjoying the movie. I thought it was really cool. And then when he had Twisted Sister, I'm like, mm-hmm. is this Pee Wee? Like, he's like the coolest motherfucker on the planet. I yes. mean, he had Large Marge, too. So there's that. Large Marge. <laughs> Thanks, Simone. Everybody always has a big butt. <laughs> okay, what you got? Oh, what do I have? We might as well just go with the uh, Wayne's World uh, Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. Most iconic musical performances in a movie. Also one of my favorite. I'm a huge fan, a huge fan of car performances because I do it all the time. Uh, we all know the scene. Joy, they're joyriding around. The song is being played. The group MC. gets into their uh, choreography. Yeah. And very iconic performance that is that actually breathes the life back into the Queen song. Um, now you cannot hear the song without wanting to headbang during the guitar solo. Which is the thing now. The studio wanted to use a Guns N' Roses song originally for the headbanging scene, but Myers demanded that it would be Bohemian Rhapsody, even threatening to quit unless yes. it was used. Yeah. Freddie Mercury passed away before the film was released, but he did get to see the scene and oh, found it no. hilarious yeah, yeah. and approved it to be used in the film. So, very cool. That's all I have. Oh, my <laughs> God. Um, this isn't telling me. Oh, my huh? goodness gracious. Now he's oh, not looking are. up Bohemian. He's okay. looking at something else. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I forgot about Bohemian rap. So we talked. We did a whole Queen thing, right? Yeah, we did. Right. And the lyrics are essentially just kind of a collection of images from like Freddie Mercury's imagination. It doesn't have any like super important meaning. It's just an awesome song. What is so interesting about Bohemian Rhapsody? It was a hit when it came out. Mm-hmm. Then it became a hit Warren Wayne's World. Then it became a hit again when With the movie Bohemian, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rhapsody came out. So this yep. thing is still ongoing forever and ever and ever. And it's what? How long is it? Some insane length. Oh gosh. I can't remember the exact length but it's up is there. It over With seven like, minutes? It's around seven minutes. It is. Minutes. Yeah. It's yeah. a seven yeah. minute thing and it's a big hit and it just goes to show that like if you write something fucking epic people aren't stupid. <laughs> they know when something they, is epic. Yeah. So radio, record people, start taking some chances on, and let's get some epic shit out there. Yeah, let's 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 mix it up. We're doing oh, too much man. of the same shit. Um, sadly, yeah, sadly, sadly, mm-hmm, but but it's all mm-hmm. good. Let's let's not we don't we don't want to digress into that. But the great pick. This is probably the most obvious one. I'm going to just say one very quickly because unless you want, do you want to talk about Back to the Future? 
Yes, no, no, because I thought somebody was going to do it, so I Did didn't you, put it on you my list. On yours? I didn't do it because you... you everybody thought like somebody else was going yeah. to do mm-hmm. it. Um, but uh, the, the, the most, like, the, the one that... Cut, the, the thing that inspired this podcast was Marty McFly playing right. Johnny V. Good, you know, and adding a little Van Halen there, you know, in it, um, in Back to the Future. And... This is one of the it's just one of the greatest things that ever happened in American culture was the Back to the Future thing. Yes, yeah, it's got agreed. everything. It's, it's got, got everything. It's got absolutely everything you would want. <laughs> um, it's funny as hell, um, and it's got rock and roll in it. Uh, if you're not familiar, there's a scene. <clears throat> they're in the they're in the fifties. Marty McFly is from the nineteen eighty whatever mid eighties. I would say eighty five. October twenty sixth, nineteen eighty five. Yeah, yeah, I knew it was, I knew it was eighty five. And um, <laughs> so you know he gets he they you know he's trying to stall for time, so he gets up on stage with the band at this prom or dance. So under the sea, the, the enchantment under the, the sea, sea dance, un- <laughs> the under fish the under dance. the sea dance. <laughs> I'd like to be. My sister and um, I went to an enchantment under the sea dance at Bonnaroo. Oh go ahead. Nice. That sounds fun. And so to kind of stall for time because he's, he's got something going on, he grabs a guitar off of the guitar player and starts playing Johnny B. Good, like a year or so before Johnny B. Good actually came out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, it's, it's so insane. Uh, first of all, it sounds awesome. Yeah. Like it really yeah. sounds really, really good. And it's got a contemporary... Like sound with a, but still really grounded. Still, yeah, mm-hmm. still really grounded yeah. in that. And of course, he's got the amp cranks, so it's distorting, and you're like, yes. And he ends up by kicking the amp over, and it's like, you know, <laughs> and everybody on, in and the it, audience, and everybody like, the, like at first, people are in the audience are rocking out, but then when he gets too crazy, they're like, what? what is and he does on? a moment of like where he, where he does a kind of Eddie Van Halen two hand tapping for those of you who are, you know, what that is, um, you know, for a second in the in the thing, and it's like over the top. But it's so wonderful. And it is just freaking great. It's just freaking awesome. Um, Another thing that... um, There's another moment in that movie where... And it's very, very brief. During the the band's auditioning. Oh, yeah. I know. And they're playing Back in Time by Huey Lewis and the News. And... The guy who's judging the talent shows you. Those yeah, I'm not going to recite the whole thing. It's a great thing. You should go back and watch They're it. too loud. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he says. And in any case, um, uh, so Johnny B. Good, uh, Michael J. Fox. And there's so many cool things about this. First of all, the movie is an amazing movie. Uh, second of all, Michael J. is a musician mm-hmm. and loves rock and roll. He's like a real, if you're not familiar, he did a movie with Joan Jett. Ah, oh, Light of Day. Light of Day. Yes. Which features the song by Bruce freaking Springsteen, Springsteen, Light of Day, which is an amazing song. Um, but uh, in any case, um, it's a really awesome movie moment. And I don't think I need to explain Johnny B. Good. It's a, I hope you know, not. One of the first <laughs> rock and roll songs that was ever happened. <laughs> you know, by the first true guitar hero, rock guitar hero. The father of rock and roll. Yeah. I mean, that that's, that's a, you know what, that would be a good podcast. What's that? Chuck Berry versus Elvis. Oh my goodness. Oh. <laughs> I think we should do it. We haven't done a versus in a hot second. We haven't done a versus, and you know what? Wow. Yeah, screw it. I know what these are old dudes, but like, like the kids gotta learn, man. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta show. We gotta, yo, man. We gotta teach the peewees, man. Right. Educate, touch the peewees. We gotta educate them, mums. That's right. So, um, <laughs> I'm gonna end. I'm gonna. This is. I think you. Do you guys have any pressing ones you want to no. talk about? I got. I talked I'm, about I'm all those. I'm just gonna ones. say this because 
Um, this is a real fun one for me because I'm not a big fan of this movie, but Jamiroquai may be one of my absolute all-time favorite bands. Um, Canned Heat mm. by Jamiroquai. Okay. Uh, charted number four on the UK charts. Um, Canned Heat is a substance. Um, am I doing this correctly? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, canned yes. Heat is a substance. Uh, well, because I was afraid that I was reading about the band Canned Heat. Oh, no, no, oh, no. And I was like, I, I was going to about to, I embarrass myself usually at least <laughs> once boy. on every podcast. You still want to like continue doing You're it. doing a good job. Okay. Canned <laughs> Heat is a substance that when found on your heels, it will give you a strong urge to dance. I did not know that. The song boogied all the way to number one on the U.S. dance chart, giving Jamiroquai their second chart topper. In the catering industry, canned heat are those little tins filled with a gelatinous. Oh, I like that word. Gelatinous. Gelatinous. Mm. There's a band named Gelatinous Substance. Oh, there it is. Mm -hmm. I knew that would happen. Gelatinous. There you go. I got. I have a. I have a uh, thing on my phone of band names when I think of them. So I got to write down gelatinous. Anyways, it's a gelatinous <laughs> substance that, when lit, it can place place under a metal dishes to keep the food warm. We've right. all seen it. Sterno, of course. Sterno, Sterno. Right. Yeah. right. Uh, there was a time when the stuff could be ingested for a cheap high. Hey now. The blues musician Tommy Johnson wrote a song about this in uh, 1928 called "Canned Heat Blues." Song. Provided the name for the band Can't Heat, which formed in 66 and played Woodstock. Uh, the song that plays in the 2004 Napoleon Dynamite, this is why I'm talking about it. A movie uh, when Napoleon shocks his classmates by doing a mesmerizing dance uh, routine <laughs> with for his friend Pedro, uh, who's running for president. So this is why I'm talking about the song. The song returned to Billboard's Hot Dance uh, and uh, Dance Electronic Streaming Charts in 2014 as a result of a viral video created by a college student, Matt Bray. The clip shows Bray dancing daily for 121 days to the Jumeric Y track with the edited visual using one second of footage from each day. Oh, that's oh, cool. Wow. That's cool. That's committed. <laughs> that's, that's some serious... Uh, Final Cut Pro. Right? <laughs> you got your wow. money's worth there, Matt. Um, this is, if we don't, I mean, we're a rock show, you know, um, but the, the, Jamiroquai Jeremy, Jeremy has two great guitar players. Really killer, really killer musicians. And I would encourage you, if you're, if you're going like, Jamiroquai, um, Jules Holland, They've done a few different performances on Jules Holland. Mm -hmm. Look them up and watch those performances. It will convince any rocker that this is an amazing, kick-ass band. Just, 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 just absolutely amazing. You need, to, you need to check. Oh, them I out. enjoy them, and that's mm -hmm. surprising. Oh for yeah, me. yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, um, fun podcast. Um, we did not mention. Uh, I say a little prayer for you from my best friend's wedding, or. Uh, don't go chasing waterfalls from We're the Mill. We're the Millers. I didn't like oh. that one, but I get why it's on. And the list. this be Heath Ledger, rest rest in peace. Can't take my eyes off of you from Ten Things I Hate About You. Mm -hmm. and this was on my list, but I didn't get a chance to talk about it. Holding out for a hero. Jennifer Saunders sings it on Shrek Two. It's pretty epic. Yeah, <laughs> for a cartoon. <laughs> Um, and of course, we the Wayne's World. Twenty Seven Dresses doing uh, uh, in the two thousand eight film Twenty Seven Dresses with the song Benny and the Jets. Oh. Uh, Forty year old version, Age of Aquarius, and let the I don't remember this in. movie. What? 
40-year-old virgin? Yeah, I, I know I've seen it, but I don't, I don't remember it oh. at all. I think because I hated it. I would have all right, I'm, it. I'm not going to drag out the whole thing telling my 48 virgin, 40, 40 year old virgin story. I have a funny story about that movie. Not about being mm. a 40 year old virgin. Too late. Too late. Oh, you guys we suck. already think that now. He was 39 you guys and a half. suck shit out of ass. We think no, it now. No, we don't. Ha, 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 ha. Hey, you're taking some we shit don't. right now. No, we're not. Oh, yeah, we are. <coughs> yeah, see, I see what you're doing, man. I see how you all are. You know. You guys used to be my peeps, and that's the problem. <laughs> Y'all ain't my peeps no more. Yeah. Anyways, just for that smart-ass comment, yeah. on this day in 1963, oh, no. the Beatles played no, the, the Cavern Club at lunchtime. At lunchtime? And then the evening played the Majestic Ballroom. Oh, look at them. <laughs> they sure escalated quickly. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> escalated it went from the Cavern Club to the Majestic Ballroom. Woo! Um, speaking of ballroom, I can't. Yeah, I gotta ballroom. tell you guys. I gotta tell you guys this. Hold on a second. Is it about your underwear? It's not about my underwear. Ballroom? This is really exciting. We're gonna get back to this day in music, but I can't. But I have to. I have to mention this now. Here we go. Everybody, I have to sit down, strap have, in, hold on. Lou's got something for you. Because um, we have some great shows coming up for you guys. Oh, do we? Um, next week on yeah. the 31st. Well, it will be the 31st for us. Right? No. No, today's only the 24th. Jeepers, oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. Holy free. Holy. Okay. So this is, Lily, we're going to be really counting on you for this. 10. I can help you out. Next week. 10. This is for the 24th. Excuse me. Uh, 10 80s bands slash artists that you should know. Part one. Ooh. So what we're going for here is like, look, we're not, we don't, uh, yes, Motley Crow, Van Halen. Okay. Okay. You want one we know that. Everybody just take the chill seat right here, here. This is the chill pill. Just take it, Kevin. <laughs> okay. So. I'm writing it down. We're talking about bands that are just like, you know, you come up with some, and I want you guys to think about this too. Bands that just like, oh, that was a cool band. Maybe they have a lot of big hits. Maybe you have all their albums and they only had like one hit. You know, uh-huh. that kind of band that was just like still really cool and people should know about. So that's the 24th. Uh, on the 31st, 10 bands that remind us that classic rock isn't dead. Oh. And there's some great bands oh. out right now that are very current Legit. that Legit. are like, no, 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 no. Where's the rock is fine. Just calm down. I have several. Noise and um, so I'll just and and if you want to go if you really want to step into Mr. Peabody's like forward machine, uh huh. Um, on the we're gonna open February with the greatest novelty rock songs of all there time. You go part one. There you go. I see what you're going with. Okay. Okay. I'm reading your hashtags there. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so we're we're real. So so we have some fun stuff. So be thinking about that stuff as uh, 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 in the upcoming weeks. Um. Let's see here. Oh, hey, hey, with a monkey. Oh. NBC TV, U.S. in the United States brought bought the Monkeys series, placing it on the air in 1966. And the autumn schedule, the series centered on the adventures of the Monkeys, a struggling rock band from Los Angeles, California, and introduced a number of innovative new wave film techniques to television. I can't believe how the Beatles ripped them off. <laughs> I cannot believe it. Um, speaking of 40 year old virgins on this day in 1967 40 year old Dave Mason he was not a virgin I'm sure recorded the piccolo trumpet solo for the Beatles song Mm. Penny Lane yes he was paid $42 
Oh. Righteous bucks. Hey, forty two dollars is forty two dollars. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in nineteen, <laughs> this is kind of a fun. This is a dorky fact. Uh, in, on this day in 1967, the Daily Mail ran the story about a local council survey finding 4,000 holes in the road in Lancashire, inspiring John Lennon's contribution to the song A Day in the Life. Huh. Yep. And there it is. Uh, uh, the Doors. Uh, 1970, Doors. The Doors played the first of four shows at the Felt Forum in New York City. The shows were recorded for the band's forthcoming Absolutely Live album. Uh, we were talking about um, maybe talk, doing a show on Elvis Presley. Uh, a, uh, in this day in 72, a section of Bellevue Boulevard in Memphis was renamed Elvis Presley Boulevard. On this day in 1976, 1976, was, do, you, do you remember? Yeah. It was our country's two, it was the band's 200th birthday. birthday. Children. Bicentennial. I wasn't born yet. We were, everybody was excited. You missed it. It was, <laughs> a, a, was bitching. Dude, it was a year building up, man. Right. I remember, dude, it was on TV constantly. This was good. The Bicentennial, we're going to do this and this. <clears throat> and then years after the Bicentennial was over, you would occasionally go to a city somewhere and you would see like their old Bicentennial, like whatever. Remember the fire, the fire uh, hydrants, the fire plugs yep. were all painted red, white, yep. and blue. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Uh-huh. Remember? Uh-huh. Like That's cool. it, it was some pe- It was called people really being excited about the great living in the greatest uh-huh. fucking country in the world. And unfortunately, we don't have it anymore. Uh, but on this day in 1976, <laughs> our countries are... Co- this was... Look, so we're talking January 17th. On this day... Yeah. 1976, yeah. country's bicentennial. Barry Manilow scored his second number one U.S. single with I write the songs which make the whole world sing. You sound just as good written as Written by Beach Boys, Bruce Johnson. I did not know that. I kind of feel like Lou's a better singer, but that's okay. Aww. Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, okay, we can't miss this one. Okay, here we and go. This day in the wonderful year of 1981, Motley Crue... Uh, formed when bass guitarist Nikki Six left the band London and began rehearsing with drummer Tommy Lee and vocalist guitarist Greg Leon, who later left. Six and Lee then added uh, Mick Mars. Mm-hmm. Vince Neil accepted an offer to join uh, in the April of the same year. So this was the day the Motley Crue started. I know they're wow. as old as I am. The birth of the crew. <laughs> Happy birthday. Same year. <laughs> Um, there was some Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductions with some cool people in this day. Yeah. Um, and I think we are... Oh, uh, singer Lou Rawls was arrested in Albuquerque, uh, New Mexico, <laughs> after an incident <laughs> with his day. companion, Nina Iman. Officers reported she and Rawls had been talking about their relationship when the conversation escalated quickly. They sure did. Into a selling match re- re- resulting in, ba- in Rawls being booked on one count of battery. No. On a household member. Uh, sad on this day, oh. 2011, American music publisher, talent agent, songwriter Don Kirshner, who helped launch the career. Don Kirshner. Bobby Dern, Carol King, Neil Sedaka, the Monkees, the Archies in Kansas died of heart failure at the age of 76. Um, was he the Midnight Special guy? It was the Don Kirshner's Midnight Special, the TV show? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, was he was Don yeah. Don Don. No, he oh. wasn't the Midnight Special. It was Don, Don Kirshner's Rock. Rock. That's it. That's it. Yeah, it wasn't. No, Midnight Special was Wolfman Jack. Confused. Midnight Special was Wolfman Jack. What's wrong with you? Wolfman Jack. <laughs> I, I'm taking your '80s card away. Yeah. Your yeah. '70s card. My 70s. Yeah, the '70s card. 
I'm in my 70s. You can keep the 80s one. Okay, um, thank you. Mick Taylor was this guitarist yes. who was in the Rolling Stones like after Brian Jones, but before <laughs> Ronnie Wood. Right. They were The Stones were a little lost for a while, mm, you know what I mean? Things happen. Um, and before they found uh, Ronnie Wood. But uh, happy birthday to Mick Taylor today. Happy birthday. But he worked in John Mayall's Blues Breakers as well. Ah. I mean, that band birthed, you know, Mick Taylor, but of course, Eric Clapton mm-hmm. and um, Peter Green. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Uh, happy birthday to Sheila Hutchinson from The Emotions. Ooh. Steve Earle. Down on Copperhead Ray. Can you do Copperhead Ray one more time? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was born this day in 1955. Uh, Steve Earle is an insanely talented, uh, very eclectic taste in music guy. Yeah. It's like, great songwriter. Please listen to some of his other songs. It's not just that one like, song. It, believe me, like you But wow. I do like the one song. You will yeah, love, you too, you will yeah. love everything he does. He's, he's awesome. You, that if you just took, started with that album, mm-hmm. start with that album. There's a lot of other great songs um, on that on that album. Um, he does a song on that album with the Pogues. Really? And when I saw he did that, I'm like, this dude is this like guy, really yeah. fucking like he's he's, he's very, legit. He's hit. He's hip. He's too legit. <laughs> he's not hip Wait. to be square. Oh, Paul Young, ah, uh, singer. Had the 1983 uh, number one single uh, in the UK, uh, Wherever I Lay My Hat, That's My oh, Home. Well. Number one single, Every Time You Go Away. That's mm. it. That was, that was, that was the big one. that one. You know. yep. uh, born in, say, 1956. Ooh. I saw Le- I saw Jez Strode from Kajagugu, and I thought of a Lori Strode from Halloween. I oh, so. yeah. <laughs> no relation. <laughs> uh, happy birthday to... You know, the one and only. A, we talk about a lot of female rock artists, yeah, this one who like up. really inspired people and stuff. And somehow we have never talked about Susanna Hoffs. Oh, sweet Rickenbacker playing. Young Don't ladies. think about her immediately. That's the problem. Right. Insanely, like great singer, great harmonizer, mm-hmm. um, guitar, vocals with, of course, uh, uh, the the Bangles. Right. Um, she, they, they did the song Manic Monday, which is a Prince song, by the way. So mm-hmm. even Prince was like impressed. He's impressed. He yeah. knew. Prince is yeah. impressed. You know, it's a thing. Um, <clears throat> but Kevin and I were talking that she's done some great records with, I'm going to say his name wrong, Matthew. Matthew, Matthew I was Sweet. just going to say, Matthew Sweet. They have a series of records. You should check them out. They just do great uh, covers, remakes nice of covers, seven, yeah. like seventy songs, maybe maybe a couple of real early eighties, but like primarily seventy stuff. And they have a great vocal blend. Really, yeah. they, I mean, their vocal blend is as good as um, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Yeah, I mean, they definitely. really, yeah. it's totally together. You would totally enjoy it. Um, happy birthday to John Crawford, the bassist with uh, Berlin. See? Berlin. That's, that's good. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, I'm and so the, the ever interesting and controversial, but we love him anyways. Robert James Ritchie, more well known as Kid Rock. Born <laughs> this day in 1970. Why did he change his name? <laughs> uh, oh, John Wasaki, a drummer for Stained, was born yep, in 1974. Yep. And that's pretty much what we got. Oof. 
fun. And I gave you guys a little bit of a preview of what's coming up in the next yeah. few weeks. We're, we're excited. We're, we're doing some fun stuff. Yeah, but boy. next week is the 24th, and that will be 1080s band slash artists that you should know, mm. part one. And we're something we're going to be doing. We're going to be doing part ones, part twos, part threes, mm. because we can't get this. Yeah, so there's many so times much we get into do. something, yeah. and it's just like we, never we can't finish. get to the whole thing. <laughs> So, yeah, I, I so, never got to talk about Euro trips. Scotty doesn't know tonight. Oh my god! So that's going to be. <laughs> you can what, skip it. It's fine. On, what are you talking about? <laughs> that's a horrible movie. <laughs> it's a horrible movie, and but scene. I find myself think, every now and again singing that song. I don't know why. Scotty doesn't know. The song's fine. Yeah. The scene sucks. It's, yeah. The, yeah. <laughs> scene sucks. Scene sucks. <clears throat> so that will be next week. Um, Shout out to Wolf's Customs. Uh, check out Wolf's Customs on on social media, primarily Facebook. Talk to Chris under Wolf Dodson uh, about getting some custom uh, paint work done on your musical instrument. RockRageRadio.com is where you want to go to hear great uh, music content uh, 24-7. Uh, please check out Ludini Rock and Roll Circus and LuLombardiMusic.com. Uh, they, get, they get you access to all kind of cool stuff. Oh. In, including things like merchandise and things like that. Yes. So check it out. Um, speaking, we I mentioned Rock Rage Radio. We do have a uh, one of the Rock Rage Radio personalities as part of the Ludini Rock and Roll Circus podcast. It's Lily V6. Lily, why don't you tell everybody about your show? My show is Hot Licks with Lily Six on Thursdays, 6 p.m. Eastern. You can download the app for free or just go to rockrageradio.com. Um, I'm playing a whole bunch of new music, and I interviewed Leon from Offensive, and that will be on this week. So nice. it will be good stuff. And so I was going to ask you. So, so is your show primarily interviews, or is there? You, what do you do? It's primarily music. I do event announcements, okay. and I every like other week or so, I'll do an interview. So, yeah. Okay. Well, there you have it, guys. Um, Mr. Pittsburgh. Yes. Any, anything you Anything you would like the folks at home to know about lo- you, or anything you have going on before we wrap up for today. I just want to let everybody at home know that I love each and every one of you. Each and every one of you. Different ways, oh mind my you, God. but each and every one of you I love. <laughs> he loves you in a non-faggot kind of way. Some some of you. <laughs> and some of you so much. There's a band named the Non-Faggots. <laughs> Write it down. Write it down. Views expressed by the Ludini. Gelatinous <laughs> substance. Or even just gelatinous. Gelatinous. I can see that in lights. Can you? In neon. Really? Playing at Jurgles. Pink. Gelatinous. Green. Green. Back neon. and forth. Green gelatinous. Something. Oh stop. Um, Gelat- moist gelatinous. Moist gelatinous. <laughs> you know that is the most. I'm all I, 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 They've studied it. It is the most like hated word. I know. Until Steven Tyler says it, then I'm okay with it. <laughs> he said it once in a commercial. Lord Jesus. <laughs> when it comes to cake, I want it moist. <laughs> Duncan Hines. Mm. Or Drunken Hines in my case. <laughs> Drunken Hines! Woo! <laughs> oh my God. You know, we whittled away like another hour and 20 minutes. It's all right. <laughs> and I, I really hope that y'all appreciate our efforts out there because you know what's. Yeah? It looks easy. <laughs> Does it though? <laughs> bones. I kind of feel like my face would say otherwise. But it, but but the, 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 there's the, wow. there's there's a lot going on here. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, that's because we're the reason looks easy, Lily. Right? Is because we are professionals. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Were you serious? <laughs> were you serious about that? 
<laughs> so anyways, uh, we, really, and to echo Pits- Mr. Pittsburgh's uh, words, yes, we do love each and every one of you, except you over there. You can fuck off. Yeah, yeah, you, um, you guys you have you a wonderful week, okay? I've, I'm being serious about that. I want you to have a wonderful week, seriously. But you fuck off. And um, <laughs> no, it's all good. It's all good, except for you. All right, have a great week, guys. We'll catch you all in the next Ludini Rock and Roll Circus. <laughs>